You're listening to Wiley Connected, a series of podcasts on tech, law, and policy. In each podcast, technology-focused lawyers at Wiley, a Washington, D.C. law firm, break down innovation and law with a uniquely D.C. perspective. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Wiley Connected. My name is Dwayne Poza, and my co-host today is my colleague, Kat Scott, and we are both partners at Wiley. As you know, we have been closely following NIST's development of the AI Risk Management Framework. Uh, NIST is the National Institute of Standards of Technology, which is part of the Department of Commerce. The AI RMF, as it is called in shorthand, is an important new tool for companies that are developing or deploying AI systems to identify and manage AI risks. We're thrilled to be joined today by Elham Tabassi, who leads NIST's efforts on the AI RMF to discuss the framework. Elham is the Chief of Staff of the Information Technology Laboratory at NIST. ITL supports NIST's mission to promote U.S. innovation and industrial competitiveness by advancing measurement science, standards, and technology in ways that enhance economic security and improve quality of life. She's won multiple awards for her contributions, including in the area of biometrics. And most relevant for our discussion today, she leads NIST's efforts to create an artificial intelligence risk management framework culminating in the successful launch of version one in January of this year. It's great to have you on with us and welcome to Widely Connected. Duane, Kat, thank you very much for having me. Pleased to be here. Great. Thank you for being here. Um, Let's dive right in. Uh, So as background, uh, we have a wide array of listeners who are interested in AI, both in its promise and potential, but also in addressing the risks that AI may pose. Can you describe at a high level the AI RMF and NIST's overall goal in developing it? Yeah, happy to. And as you said, uh, AI has uh, enormous potential to uh, improve our lives and every sector of industry, yet it comes with its own certain uh, and specific risks. So about AI RMF, directed by a congressional mandate, AI Risk Management Framework, or AI RMF, is a voluntary framework for managing risks of AI systems in a flexible, structured, measurable way. Uh, Flexible to allow innovation, uh, but also allow uh, organizations with uh, different size and different resources being able to adopt it. Structured in uh, terms of uh, providing uh, terminology and taxonomy and bringing the community on a shared understanding of what's risk, what are the trustworthiness characteristics, what are the challenges to risk management. And importantly, in a measurable way, measurable because if you cannot measure it, you cannot improve it. So if you are serious in improving trustworthiness, uh, we ought to know what it is, uh, what uh, trustworthiness means, what constitutes trust, and how to measure them. Uh, AI RMF uh, adopts a rights-preserving approach to AI. It builds on the OECD recommendation on AI, including its principle for responsible stewardship for trustworthy AI and is aligned to existing uh, uh, standards uh, happening within uh, ISO, including the uh, AI guidance, uh, the the standard on guidance on risk management. Uh, What I'm trying to say here is that 
Uh, we try to align it with important works uh, that's going on within the community. Of course, we were not the first one to develop the framework, but we try to make sure that we leverage the uh, work, uh, the good work that has happened within the community and use them and reference them and try to uh, address the risks unique to AI and uh, fill the gaps or voids uh, that the other documents do not uh, address. AIRMF outlines a process to address traditional measures of accuracy, robustness, and reliability, but also importantly acknowledge that uh, socio-technical characteristics of AI systems, uh, characteristics such as uh, privacy, interpretability, safety, and bias, uh, which are tied to human and social behavior, are equally important when uh, analyzing and evaluating the overall risk of the systems. Uh, these characteristics involve human judgment and cannot be reduced to a single threshold or metric or number. AIRMF emphasized the need to understand different risk appetites and risk thresholds in different contexts. To that end, it is sector and use case agnostic. It tries to provide a horizontal foundations uh, and a uh, interoperable uh, lexicon for understanding risk, uh, risk management, and, and trustworthiness of AI systems. Uh, in terms of intended goal or uh, the larger big intent, AI RMF aims to operationalize values in AI technologies, starting with the values of our society, but uh, also organizations have the values, so the values of organizations who may design, develop, deploy, or use AI systems. Most importantly, it aims to cultivate a culture of proactively understanding and preventing negative risks and deploy more trustworthy AI. So in other words, not wait until the, the technology is built in use to think about risk, but make it uh, from the get-go from the, uh, as early as possible. And what we're trying to do is uh, by going uh, beyond focusing on uh, whether technology works, but also on uh, how it works. Uh, where, how, and by whom is technology used, who is left out and why, who is adversely impacted, and why that impact happens. Uh, and altogether, uh, cultivate trust in this technology and managing the risks. Great. And you talked about this a bit, um, but, you know, a key part of the, the framework is this risk-based approach. And, you know, we hear a lot about risk-based assessments of uh, including an AI. So what does that mean in terms of an approach for organizations that are developing or deploying AI systems in terms of adopting a risk-based approach or thinking about um, high or lower risk uh, ways that AI could be used? Yeah, that's right. AI RMF takes a risk-based approach and a, uh, it gets a focus on uh, trustworthy AI systems, uh, uh, which can provide people with confidence in AI-based solutions, uh, while at the same time... Um, uh, allow innovation to happen and inspire enterprises to develop trustworthy AI uh, technologies. Risk-based approach supports uh, operationalizing common values, protecting uh, the rights and dignity of people, and uh, encourage market innovation. Um, a couple of points here. In the context of AI RMF, uh, risk uh, refers to uh, the composite measure of an event's probability of occurring and the magnitude or degree of the consequence of that event um, so with that uh, definition, because consequence or uh, uh, consequence of the event can be uh, positive, negative, or neutral, 
uh, this definition of risk, risk can be positive, negative, or neutral. So the uh, AI risk management is as much about uh, uh, minimizing negative consequence as it is about maximizing benefits and potential uh, uh, beneficial use of AI systems. Uh, in terms of the uh, risk management, uh, again, we uh, adopted the definitions from uh, ISO that risk management is coordinated activities to direct and control and organizations with regard to risk. And I want to underscore and say it one more time that uh, within the uh, scope of the AI risk management, uh, risk management is as much as, as about uh, maximizing positive and beneficial use as it is about minimizing risks. Uh, another thing is that zero risk doesn't exist, uh, so attempts should not be on eliminating risk altogether, but understanding the risks and um, addressing and uh, finding a responsible response to the risks and uh, altogether effectively managing the risk on um, and potential harms it could lead to more trustworthy AI systems, uh, and uh, by doing that, uh, uh, build and increase confidence of uh, uh, general public and using AI systems. Uh, I would say one other thing is that AI RMF does not prescribe risk tolerance, uh, while it uh, provides guidance on uh, uh, understanding risk, identifying risk, measuring risk, and managing risks. And uh, it doesn't, uh, you know, the risk tolerance, how much, for example, private is private, how much safe is safe, how much is secure is secure, uh, depends on uh, the risk appetite and depends on the uh, context of use and um, how AI systems being used and the appetite of the organizations that are designing or developing or using the AI systems. Uh, so the AI uh, RMF does not um, uh, define high risk or low risk, but uh, talks about risk and risk management because there is no one size fits all and depends on the context of the use. Uh, the same technology can uh, pose a very high or very low risks. And the example they always, always use is face recognition to unlocking the phone. Uh, or uh, using our voice for talking to Alexa or Siri or using voice for um, medical uh, diagnosis. Um, and depend on the context of use, the same technology can have a very different level of risks. So there is no one size fits all. And every time for each context of use, a risk uh, should be understood within that context uh, according to um, the owner of the application. That's really helpful framing. And one thing that you noted was that, you know, it's not about necessarily eliminating risk. It's about identifying it and managing risk. So another big area um, uh, that, you know, we've noticed is that, um, you know, is, is this area of defining categories of risks to be addressed um, and um, defining different buckets of risks. Um, um, can you talk about how, uh, those different buckets of risks are um, identified and defined in the AI RMF and how uh, those were developed? Yeah, happy to. And maybe this is a point that I will say that everything in AI RMF uh, was developed with uh, close uh, collaborations with the community. We ran and launched a uh, open, transparent, collaborative process 
starting with a request for information, running uh, three workshops, uh, rounds of uh, uh, drafts for public comments. So over the 18 months, we heard for, from more than 240 organizations ranging from um, uh, you know, the technology, civil society, academia, private sector, um, nationally and internationally, standard development organizations. We engaged uh, experts uh, that are, you know, computer scientists, mathematicians, and uh, statisticians, but also uh, psychologists, sociologists, uh, philosophers, lawyers uh, in development of the IIMF. Uh, all together, we received more than 600 sets of comments. The recording of the workshops, the comments that we received, all of them are posted on our websites, and you ran many, many listening sessions. And so uh, how those were developed, again, uh, in cl close collaboration with the community, uh, the conversations about uh, the risks to the AI systems. Um, let me just also make one other point here that uh, risks to AI systems, risks to um, uh, any information system and data systems uh, are also risk to AI systems because at the end they are information and data systems. But AI systems, um, as we talked about uh, uh, at the beginning, pose some uh, uh, unique risks in addition to uh, uh, the risks of information and data systems. Uh, in AI RMF, there is an appendix that talk about this, that talk about the reliance of the AI systems on training data, a large amount of training data being used for building models uh, where we don't usually know the grant route, the data training data might have um, many of the uh, inequalities or um, biases in the society be baked into that and uh, several other things. But how we came up with that uh, taxonomy of risk, I think that's uh, the main point of your question. Uh, so uh, the conversations, particularly in the academic uh, circles, uh, about uh, taxonomy of risks, about uh, trustworthiness characteristics of AI systems is a uh, lively and uh, energetic uh, conversations and discussions. At the same time, uh, there are high-level value-based documents, uh, documents such as the OECD AI uh, recommendation, uh, uh, section three of the executive order 13960, which talks about trustworthy AI within government. Um, uh, the proposed EU AI Act, uh, they all talk about sort of the values or principles that we want to see in AI systems. Uh, so in our engagement with the community, we uh, try to look at all of them, leverage all of them, and based on those, uh, try to get those values to principles and from principles to practice, uh, come up with uh, categories of risk, or you use the word, you know, uh, buckets, and develop the uh, trustworthiness characteristics uh, of AI systems, which is uh, valid and reliable, safe, secure, and uh, resilient, uh, interoperable and explainable, uh, 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 privacy enhanced, uh, fair and biased, managed, and accountable and uh, transparent. Um, uh, there are some good work coming out of uh, UC Berkeley uh, that basically talk about 120 or so uh, different trustworthy, um, possible trustworthiness characteristics that um, has been mentioned in different uh, academic literature and uh, map them into the seven uh, uh, characteristics that I just uh, that I just mentioned. Um, so the idea was, again, going from values to principles to practice and come down to things that can be meaningful and helpful and usable by designer, developer, deployer, uh, evaluator of AI systems.
So two of those um, categories or characteristics that you just mentioned are fair with harmful bias managed and explainable and interpretable. Those are both huge topics on their own, but I'm wondering if you could talk a bit about how organizations can start to think about approaching these elements of fairness with bias being managed and also how far go organizations should go in making AI explainable or interpretable. And I guess mm -hmm. how the RMF can help sort of um, provide, you know, structure and tools to, to accomplish those goals. Right. Um, uh, I just want to repeat something uh, uh, that you said that's really important and very, very true, that each of these trustworthiness characteristics are an area of uh, research, a topic of research and um, uh, discovery by uh, themselves. And at NIST, we have been uh, building uh, research uh, programs around each of them. Um, and uh, true to the nature of NIST and the things that we do, we usually start by terminology and taxonomy uh, because understanding of what it is to measure is an important first step um, for how to measure and building metrics, methodologies, test beds, and benchmarks uh, to do that. Uh, so first you talk about uh, fair and harmful bias managed. Um, uh, first, I want to acknowledge that, uh, that as you all know, uh, bias exists in many uh, forms uh, and can uh, become ingrained in the uh, AI systems uh, that uh, assist uh, decision-making uh, uh, and some of those systems uh, can influence uh, our, our, our daily lives. Um, uh, the other thing that I want to say is that, as you said in the title, we say harmful bias managed because uh, bias is not always a, a negative thing. Sometimes bias is intentionally uh, uh, being designed. Uh, if if it is uh, if you think about bias as a sort of a demographic disparity, an example of that is, for example, car insurance payments. That for different uh, ages there is different level of payment. Uh, uh, but uh, while bias is not always a negative phenomenon, AI systems can potentially increase uh, the speed and scale of biases uh, and perpetuate and amp amplify the harms of uh, some of those biases to individuals, group, communities, uh, or society. Uh, and you also talked about uh, in interpretability and explainability, and I think these are all uh, very much um, tied to each other. Um, uh, in terms of fairness, which is also in the in the title, uh, uh, fairness in AI uh, includes concerns of equality and equity uh, uh, by addressing issues issues such as harmful bias and discriminations. Fairness is uh, is a, a complex and uh, difficult to define topics. Uh, there are uh, many many the definitions of fairness and mathematical definitions for fairness. Uh, that exist, uh, but it also uh, uh, has a uh, dependence on the um, culture and uh, perception of the fairness can uh, can differ uh, among uh, different societies, different cultures, uh, and may shift depending on the applications. Um, and organizations' risk management uh, will be improved by uh, recognizing and understanding this type of differences. Um, uh, in uh, in terms of the definition of the bias, NIST put out a publication out in uh, March 2022 
special publication 1270 towards the standard for identifying and managing bias in AI. And the report talks about bias being uh, broader than just a demographic disparity and uh, bias in data representative. Uh, it talks about bias having the three uh, major components of uh, uh, that ought to be understood and uh, managed, uh, systemic, uh, computational, and statistical, and human cognitive. Uh, computational and statistical biases is, uh, again, as the one that everybody is uh, a lot more familiar with, uh, that biases can be presented in uh, data sets and algorithmic, algorithmic processes. Um, uh, but systemic biases uh, is uh, another uh, type of biases that uh, that's really important and uh, ought to be understood and measured. Uh, it can be uh, systemic biases can uh, be uh, present uh, in AI datasets, uh, in uh, um, societal, organizational norms, practices, and processes across the AI lifecycle. Um, and then uh, the third category is uh, human cognitive biases. Uh, which uh, uh, relate to how uh, uh, individuals or a group perceive AI system information to make decisions or feel uh, fill in misinformation, or how humans think about purposes and functions of AI systems. The majority of the conversations about bias and bias mitigations focus on computational and statistical biases and uh, ignores the other two biases. I will just say that just because uh, a lot of more focus has been on the uh, understanding computational statistical biases, we probably have a better uh, handle over how to measure and understand those. Uh, the other two type of biases, systemic bias and human cognitive biases, are equally important to uh, uh, to be recognized, identify, and measured. And uh, I think that's where a lot more work needs to, um, you know, we are, we are we are not as advanced and as uh, comfortable on understanding these biases as uh, we are with the uh, computational biases. Uh, the other thing that you talked about is explainable and interpretable uh, component. You notice that we distinguish between the terms explainable, interpretable, and transparent. Uh, these three terms in many documents are being used as the as sort of uh, uh, exchangeable, but uh, but they are not. Uh, transparency, the way we are using it in AIOMF, is about transparency of the whole systems is, uh, uh, and, and documentations that the different level documentation on any decision made across the AI lifecycle, across the risk management for the different part of the AI lifecycle, uh, helps with the transparency. Explainability, the way we use it in AIOMF, uh, refers to um, representations of uh, uh, mechanisms uh, underlying AI systems operation. Uh, so it's about, uh, you know, sort of uh, the parameters, uh, the number of the layers, the weights uh, of a AI model. Um, uh, interpretability, on the other hand, refers to the meaning of AI systems output in the context of their design functional purpose. Uh, so when we are talking about uh, um, you are explaining the AI output in the, uh, in the uh, within the context. We are really referring to interpretability, how it has been defined in the AI RMF. Uh, so explainability and interpretability, both of them help those operating, overseeing an AI system, as well as users of the AI system, to uh, get a better 
deeper understanding and insight into the functionality and trustworthiness of the AI systems. In, I will just say that interpretability is a is a difficult thing, and then you ask about uh, how far uh, organizations should go in making AI explainable and interpretable. Uh, uh, so, so with the distinction in the definition of explainability and interpretability, uh, explainability can help uh, developer and maker, maker of AI systems basically provide uh, guidance and input and insight on how the model works, how the system works. Interpretability is more about understanding and explaining the uh, output uh, of the AI systems. I would say interpretability is really important. That's, uh, uh, that's uh, you know, uh, there, um, if... If, if AI systems is going through uh, uh, job applications and resumes and denies uh, uh, or rejects some resumes, uh, it's good to have some uh, explanations of why that happened. Or if a uh, loan applications get denied, or if a um, AI systems is looking at the um, medical uh, image, the, the I don't know, the, the, the scan of uh, brain image uh, for a decision if there's any brain tumor there or not, and the algorithms makes a, a output and basically says that here is the tumor or here is not, um, some sort of explanation, some sort of descriptions of how the algorithm make that output um, would be very helpful. And another uh, difficulty here is that uh, depend on the different audience, depend, de depend on who the explanation or interpretation is for. Uh, you need a different level or different specificity in the interpretation. If the explanation goes to the patient versus the technician versus the physician uh, in terms of the interpretations of the medical images, different information and different um, basically um, uh, mechanism or communication level is needed to explain the results. Absolutely. Switching gears just a, a little bit, you know, broadly speaking, the AI RMF is similar to other NIST frameworks, most notably the cybersecurity framework. You were mentioning some characteristics of the AI RMF earlier, and there are a lot of shared characteristics between the cybersecurity framework and the AI framework, including that they're both uh, voluntary and flexible. Um, one key characteristic that the AI RMF shares with the cybersecurity framework is its structure. Uh, both frameworks consist of core functions, which are essentially, uh, you know, risk management activities grouped at their highest level. For the AI RMF, the four functions are govern, map, measure, and manage. Can you describe for listeners how those work and how they could be implemented by organizations? Yeah, thank you for that question. I mentioned that uh, we tried to do kind of, you know, uh, lessons learned and learn from past experiences and uh, leverage all the good work. And one of them was that, uh, you know, CSF cybersecurity framework that we set put out is a very well-received document. So uh, we tried to... Uh, learn as much as uh, uh, we could from the process. And one of them was going with the same structure because, again, it was very well received. Uh, so AIRMF groups uh, the its guidance for risk management at a high level uh, in four functions of govern, map, measure, and manage. And uh, again, uh, similar to cybersecurity framework, each of these uh, guidance, each of these function 
uh, now then are divided into categories and then subcategories to provide a kind of a gradual uh, uh, specificity or you know more detailed guidance. So sort of a high-level uh, descriptions of these four functions. Govern uh, defines the structures, uh, systems, processes, procedures, roles and responsibilities uh, of the teams uh, uh, that needed to be in place for a effective, efficient uh, risk management, risk management that help cultivate a culture of uh, understanding and identifying, uh, you know, proactively and purposefully and continually understanding risk risk assessment and responses to the risks. So that's uh, the guidance in the government function. Um, the MAP function establishes, uh, provides guidance to about uh, establishing context uh, that's needed uh, to uh, frame the risk related to uh, AI system within that context of use uh, from the trustworthiness characteristics uh, that we uh, just talked about, which one of them relate to the context of you, what are the uh, interplay of these uh, uh, trustworthy characteristics within the context of use, who is being impacted, and the degree of impact. So all of those guidance is within the math function. Uh, The measure function uses quantitative, qualitative, or mixed methods, uh, tools, techniques, and methodology to analyze, assess, benchmark, and monitor AI risks and uh, their related impacts. Um, it basically used the uh, uh, knowledge and informations uh, developed during the map function uh, to come up with some sort of a assessments and measurement of the risks identified in the map functions or identified as part of the process of the measure. Measure functions use the informations from the map and measure uh, and uh, uh, gives guidance on uh, allocations of risk resources. Uh, to the uh, to the risks uh, mapped and measured in the previous stages, uh, and give guidance on uh, how to uh, uh, develop plans to respond uh, to recover from and communicate about incidents and, and risks or events. So there is no set order of uh, which function to use first and next. Uh, we generally suggest that going from map measure manage. Uh, and uh, govern is, uh, we say that the three uh, function of map measure manage is in a sea of governance or gov- everything starts with governance and, and with governance. Governance really gives the uh, right infrastructures, right um, yeah, foundation uh, for uh, good risk management. Um, another important thing is that none of these functions is something that uh, it's just being done once. Uh, we talk a lot about uh, continual risk management, continuing, uh, and frequently go and do the cycle of map measure manage, or depends on the role of the AI actor in the life cycle, and uh, keep uh, iterating over over the activities and the guidance. So it's not a again one one time done deal, um, but a regularly and continually uh, understanding the risks, uh, as, um, assessing, measuring, and um, managing them. So. How broadly applicable is the AI RMF? I mean, we maybe should have started here, but how would you define AI generally? And does the AI RMF's applicability in terms of applying these functions uh, 
really depend on on a strict definition of AI? Yeah, that's a very good question. So you may notice that in AI RMF, we don't define AI by but AI systems. And the scope of the AI RMF uh, is risk management of AI systems. Uh, this uh, gives us a, a better um, uh, landscape boundary to work on that because AI is a scientific discipline and its definition has been changed uh, in in the past, you know, six to five years or so. Uh, while we were uh, working on uh, providing a definition of AI system in AI RMF, again, we consulted with the whole community and uh, we were very cognizant uh, to uh, adopt a definition like anything else in AI RMF. Uh, to be uh, and to be able to uh, 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 stand the test of time, at least for a short time, given the rapid pace of changes in this environment. So, uh, generative AI, chat GPTs, uh, is something that uh, a lot of people are uh, thinking about this in the past uh, month or so. But when we were developing AI RMF, we were looking at those and uh, making sure that. Uh, uh, the guidance of AI or MF uh, is applicable to them. So uh, again, going back to the definition, we don't define AI, we define AI system. Uh, we uh, adopted the definition of the OECD on AI systems. Uh, and um, the definition that we have is, uh, is uh, 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 the AI system uh, as an engineered or machine-based system that can for a given set of ob objectives, generate outputs such as uh, prediction, recommendations, or decision influencing real or virtual environment. Uh, and AI systems are designed to operate with varying level of autonomy. Uh, so this definition that uh, engineered or machine-based system that for a given set of objectives generate outputs such as predictions, uh, recommendations, uh, is applicable to generative AI and the risk-based approach, as we talked at the beginning of the call, uh, is a very powerful approach to understanding the uh, uh, the impact and consequences of the output of the AI systems uh, is applicable to generative AI. Uh, granted that uh, risk profile for different categories, for example, risk profile for generating AI, uh, would be more complex and understanding of that would be much more challenging than risk profiles for, for example, deep neural networks, uh, which by in turn is more challenging and complex than a risk profile for logistic regression. Uh, you know, logistic regression inherently is interpretable and explainable, but uh, deep neural net are not, and generative AI makes it even harder. So in terms of a broadly applicability of AI RMF, I think we will uh, see uh, what happens next. I think uh, whatever we know now in six months uh, would be very old information uh, in, with all the things happening uh, too quickly. Uh, but uh, uh, we, uh, we in developing AI RMF, uh, we try to avoid any sort of strict uh, definition or prescribed anything um, you know we had this uh, attributes of the RMF that uh, very early on we communicated to the community and one of them was uh, flexible uh, and um, so so uh, yeah that's all I, I have to say that we don't define AI we define AI systems and the definition is 
uh, at least for now, general enough to cover AI systems uh, being discussed uh, right now. Yeah, that's certainly a, a, a hot topic of the generative AI models right now. So uh, we have like a last couple of questions about sort of looking forward. Obviously, much more to, to talk about this with this. Um, you, you mentioned at the beginning um, that the work that NIST is doing is very much grounded in consensus activity, including at the international level, the OECD, for example, on risk management and approaches to AI. Obviously, um, a big thing going on right now is the EU's proposed AI, AI Act, um, which is you know going through some drafts and changes right now. But uh, one question is how do you see, if at all, the AI RMF fitting in with the work that Europe is doing with the proposed AI Act or standards development um, generally? Mm-hmm. And um, I know there are coordination activities going on with the US-EU Trade and Technology Council, for example. Um, is NIST involved in those? And sort of how do you see these efforts fitting in? Yeah. Uh, so we released that roadmap when we released AI RMF, and um, three things uh, top on the list of the roadmap is alignment with standards, is advancing test evaluation, verification, validations, and uh, third is the development of the AI RMF profiles. So uh, you just just uh, your first questions about standards and measurement, both of them high up on our list. Uh, we had a crosswalk from AI RMF to one of the ISO standards on uh, risk management. When we put the crosswalk out, the ISO standard was in FDIS. That's why we just did the crosswalk at the um, section uh, title. But uh, we uh, intend to be more active in uh, participation in uh, standard development uh, activities, particularly within ISO, uh, the text of AIRMF, the, um, everything in AIRMF, uh, as we just talked, uh, reflects uh, the wisdom of a really, uh, you know, large uh, uh, sector of the community. Uh, so uh, we have, uh, we should be able to contribute all of those knowledge, all of those uh, wisdom um, to international standard development. In terms of measurement, uh, uh, we had uh, we started uh, more than a year ago on trying to set up uh, evaluations uh, with human in the loop. Um, we have already have some really good evaluations. Uh, uh, I think uh, well received by the community on measurement of the biometrics information retrieval. So we will we will be working on those. In terms of the uh, 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 trade and technology council. Uh, yes, uh, NIST is involved, and uh, we have been very much involved in development of the joint AI roadmap uh, that uh, was delivered as part of the second uh, uh, TTC uh, uh, deliverables on, on December 5. And we also did a, uh, a workshop on February 16 that basically talked about the joint AI roadmap, uh, which uh, what it tries to do is... Uh, uh, to um, uh, uh, kind of figure out uh, areas that uh, we are in alignment and by doing that also shed light on the uh, possible uh, gaps. Uh, it suggests uh, working, uh, establishing three working groups and uh, starting work in three areas on shared uh, uh, terminology and taxonomy, starting with definition of terms such as risk, and bias, and interpretability. Uh, another one on importance of 
commitment to uh, work towards uh, international standards, uh, and the third one around uh, measurement and uh, working together on advancing measurements of risks and trustworthy AI. So building on that work, and I guess our our final question looking forward is how can organizations get involved here? We know that the version that NIST released is version 1.0, so not the final word. What are you looking for in terms of external feedback and uh, what's the best way for organizations to engage moving forward? Yeah, thank you for that. We definitely uh, need to keep the engagement. Uh, I always say that the only reason we are able to uh, do our work and put good quality work out is uh, because of the support of the community and external uh, engagements. What they can help. First of all, any comments on the playbook. Uh, so uh, along with ARRMF, we also uh, uh, released ARRMF uh, playbook that provides more guidance, uh, the more descriptions. Uh, around how to uh, 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 use, implement AI RMF, uh, provides um, suggested actions, informative uh, references, and uh, ways to improve transparency for each of the uh, guidance in each of these subcategories. Um, the playbook will be updated every six months because uh, uh, a lot is happening and to keep uh, up with the pace of uh, uh, developments. Uh, so please uh, look at the playbook. Um, give us us input. If you are using ARRMF, uh, let us know how you are using it. Another item on the uh, roadmap is measuring the effectiveness of the ARRMF. Uh, we won't be able to measure the effectiveness of ARRMF if we don't hear from uh, the community on how they are using it. Uh, another area that we like to get uh, involvement and engagement is development of the use cases uh, and profiles. Uh, profiles are a tailored set of guidance in AIRMF to uh, certain uh, or specific use case. AIRMF profile for uh, AI for hiring uh, would uh, basically uh, slant or uh, tailor or uh, uh, make every subcategories uh, very specific to the use of AI in hiring. So uh, there's a call for contributions on development of the AIRMF. That's another way that they can uh, they can be involved. Uh, uh, standards and uh, measurement. Uh, again, any ideas that they had, uh, uh, we will be uh, we will be having more um, sort of a uh, you know we're trying to build more testbeds and benchmarks on uh, around measurement of the uh, AI systems from the socio technical um, uh, lens. So uh, uh, all of the information is on our websites. Uh, how to contact us is also on our website. Um, it is a version 1.0. Uh, we put a um, revision uh, cycle of every three to five years uh, built into the IRMF for the playbook every six months. Uh, so um, just please uh, keep the engagement. Uh, uh, let us know of the tools, uh, me- uh, methods, and metrics that uh, you are encountering, you're using for measuring any of the trustworthiness characteristics. Uh, suggestions on how to measure the effectiveness, suggestions for uh, advancing standards and measurements, and uh, uh, how you're using the AIRMF. All of those will be extremely valuable to us. Thanks so much again for joining us today, and thanks for all your efforts on the framework. It's such an important and exciting development. This has been a really interesting and informative discussion. Thanks again. 
Thanks so very much for having me. Really enjoyed our discussion. And to everybody listening, thank you very much. And please uh, keep in touch. Thank you for tuning in to the Wiley Connected podcast brought to you by the attorneys at Wiley. If you enjoyed this episode of Wiley Connected, we encourage you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For additional resources and materials, head over to WileyConnect.com. Thank you for listening. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Wiley Ryan LLP and its employees. The material contained in this podcast is not intended to be and is not considered to be legal advice. Transmission is not intended to create and receipt does not establish an attorney-client relationship.